The title of my message today is Thankful for Life. I'm reading from Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Neighbor, life is a very precious gift. It would have been so easy for us to have never been born. A decision by our parents could have resulted in an abortion, and we just simply would never be. God looks upon the unborn child while it is still in the mother's womb with tenderness and with love, with kindness and mercy and very great concern. The Living Bible refers to this same passage and says, it is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. You were there when I was being formed. Neighbor, God is at work when the baby has never yet been born, when it is still in the womb. He forms and knits together every wondrous part. The psalmist declares that, and we believe that God carefully monitors every move that a baby makes, even before its birth. Jesus indeed is the giver of life. He's the life giver. Contrast him with the thief, for the Bible tells us about the thief in John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Contrasting Jesus with the thief, we find that the thief comes to steal, comes to kill and to destroy. The nature of the thief is satanic and indeed he seeks to destroy the very life of the living. We're made in the image of God, and Satan knows that when we are born again, a person becomes a child of God, and he wants to do everything he can to prevent that. We are partakers of divine nature when we become born again. The devil hates a Christian. He literally hates us. He is envious of our position since he himself was cast out of heaven when he sinned against God. We must never blame tragedy and sickness on God as if God made us sick and as if God brought certain tragic things to uh, pass. Blame the devil. He is the one who seeks to kill and to destroy. Jesus comes to give life. Jesus is the life giver. He came to the earth to seek and to save that which was lost, his self-declared mission on earth, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Now, everything we see about the master is good. There is nothing about him that would want to take away from us and to destroy us and make our way hard. Everywhere that Jesus went on this earth, he proved himself and demonstrated the qualities of a life giver. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He restored broken and maimed and crippled people to well bodies and to a living standard that they could rejoice in. He improved the quality of life for those that he met. He mended the broken hearts and set the captives free and undid the very heavy burdens that people found themselves under. Everywhere he went, he was drawn to the needy people. He searched them out and they looked him up and he took time with them. He never was too busy to minister to them. Neighbor, Jesus indeed is a life giver. He takes time today to hear your plaintive cry 
and he knows when you have needs. He indeed himself is life. His nature is life. In John chapter 1 and verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. It's Christ. He is life indeed. The Father gave him power to have life in himself. And just walking on the face of this earth or being in heaven, Jesus is life. Then in John chapter 5 and verse 26, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Just as much as the Father is eternal and has eternal life, the Son of God also has eternal life. And he has power to have life in himself. He laid claim to being the life giver. John 6 and verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Then in John 11, verse 25, Christ said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Those bold claims of Christ indeed uh, identified him with eternal qualities of life that would never perish. Then in John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but my, by me. Eternal life is a quality and property of Christ himself. It is something that he is and something he desires to give to us. In John 10 and 28, the Bible says Jesus recorded these words. I give unto them eternal life. Now, I don't believe that that's something we take as a gift and a property apart from Jesus. It's something we share with him. The life is in the Son, and we share that with him. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12 clearly tells us, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Neighbor, it is not difficult to understand God's gift of eternal life because it flows through Jesus Christ into the believer. It's something we share with him. We do not have it apart from him. Some people seem to think that they can have the, the gift of eternal life and go back into the world, be an adulterer, a murderer, a whoremonger, a, or a thief, and just live a, a sinful, depraved life. That is not true. Only in Christ do you have eternal life. As long as you have Jesus, you have life. As long as the Son of God lives in you and controls your life, you have eternal life. If you turn your back on him and depart from him and walk away from him and refuse to live for him, then that life no longer flows in you. It's something that you share with him. He that hath the Son hath life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. But if you have Jesus, you're not a murderer. You're no longer a whoremonger. You're no longer guilty of immorality. You left that lifestyle behind you, and you've started following Jesus, walking, as the song says, hand in hand with Jesus. And each day that you walk with him, you have properties of eternal life flowing through you. And death, the spiritual death, does not take over your life. Satan is committed to destroying life. Abortion is one of his tools. America's conscience has been seared on this topic. This senseless slaughter must stop. I believe God is almost insulted. I believe that he is insulted because of the way that people are destroying life and taking the life of the unborn children. So much is being said today about a woman's rights. Well, neighbor, I want to ask you a question. What about the rights of the unborn child? 
where did that, where, who's going to defend the rights of that child? Who's going to speak up? God does. We read in the scripture where God was with the child while it was still in the mother's womb. A woman has a right to choose, all right, to choose not to have illicit sex. A woman has a right to choose to keep her body pure. A woman has a right to choose to follow God's laws. And so, yes, indeed, a woman does have rights, but the unborn child has rights also. And we need the Supreme Court to issue some decree to protect the rights of the unborn. God issues that decree, and God sees that people are not uh, repre representing his cause correctly when they believe that a woman has a right to take the life of an unborn child. God champions the cause of the unborn child while they're still in the womb. In Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 2, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb which will help thee. Even while the baby is still in the womb, the Bible says God forms that baby. In Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 1, The Lord called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother. He made mention of my name. And then Psalms 139 verse 13 for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb in the New International Version. Yes, we're knit together in the mother's womb. Psalms 127 and verse 3, Behold, children are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Neighbor, there is irrefutable evidence in the Word of God that God looks upon the unborn child as a soul, an immortal soul, an eternal spirit that will never die. And God recognizes that unborn baby as a being, a total being. Abortion takes its toll on the expectant mother after that she has aborted that baby. The load of guilt is hard for her to deal with for many years to come. I've counseled with these people, but I'm glad to tell you that God's forgiveness and God's healing can change your life, neighbor. If you, lady, have been guilty of an abortion in the past, you don't have to suffer for the rest of your life. God will forgive you, and he will help you to be a, a very meaningful person in helping other people. The physical danger that a woman puts herself through in an abortion, this too is a very dangerous thing. The emotional damage is something difficult to deal with. But Jesus will forgive. Others must forgive. And you must forgive yourself. Go on and live the rest of your life trying to help young girls realize that they need to keep their babies and they need never listen to those liberals who want them to take that unborn child's life. I believe that the little babies whose lives are snuffed out have immortal souls. That on the resurrection day, Every single one of them, millions of babies whose lives were shortened before their birth, I believe they will be resurrected from the dead on the resurrection day and will go to heaven. And what a scene that will be when all of those people who never were allowed to live on the face of this earth, a normal life after being born, they're going to come out of the grave. Sure, they were aborted, but they had a soul and they had a spirit and God will remember them. And God will bring them out on resurrection day. What a blessing to think about that reunion in heaven. Jesus laid down his life that we might live. Now we can talk about abortion and we can talk about this and that and the other. 
but there are many people listening to this preacher today that you're dead in trespasses and sin. You've lived a life of degradation and shame, and you think that God's not interested in you, but Jesus laid down his life that you might live, that you might have eternal life. You can be saved now, today, from sin. You can have your name written on the Lamb's book of life. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Salvation involves a number of things. It involves the forgiveness of your sin, for which you must ask God to forgive you. It involves true repentance, turning away from your sin and turning toward God. Your name then is recorded in the Lamb's book of life the moment that you receive Jesus Christ. When you receive forgiveness and you do your repentance, God records your name in the Lamb's book of life. The abundant life in Christ then is ministered to you. And day by day you walk in the Spirit. The mission of the church is to seek and to save that which was lost. Go out into the highways and the byways and the hedges and everywhere and find people and bring them into the kingdom of God to the wedding feast. Those in my audience include, uh, included today or among them are alcoholics and drug addicts. And many of you have dissipated your life in sin, but God loves you. And he wants to bring you today. You, sir, can be saved now. You, lady, can come to Jesus this very day and have your life changed. The church must be involved in evangelism. We must challenge our people to witness, to testify, to attempt personal evangelism. The local church must do that. And then we must participate and be involved in world missions, sending missionaries to foreign soil to preach the gospel. Many are willing to go to jail for civil rights or for abortion issues. But what about going out into the highways to compel people to come into the kingdom of God? What about putting your life in jeopardy to witness for Jesus Christ? I do not support many acts of violence and demonstrations, but I do support people handing out gospel tracts and witnessing and praying for people on the job, in the homes, and in the neighborhood. Thank you for being part of this service today. We love you. God bless you is my prayer.